0: Welcome, everyone, to this third edition of this Advent series of Trinity Talks. We're excited to have you here for this one on a really interesting and helpful topic. I am absolutely excited and pumped to have our pastor clergy of Christian formation, Claudia Greggs. Now, let me just say before we start, listeners, you have yet to hear Claudia's voice. But when you hear it, you will know that that voice is made for a podcast or made for some sort of audio uh, reproduction in some sort of radio or podcast or something. So I have been wanting to have her on for a while because I just feel like, man, she's just made for this. So the radio waves, the podcast waves don't know what they're in for because it's about to happen.
1: What a buildup. Oh, my goodness.
0: (laughs) Um, Well, Claudia, uh, I I think I said your title right, but just feel free to... Fill the listener in. You know, I'll, I'll, there's listeners who listen who don't go to Holy Trinity, but there's a lot who do and many who know you already. But um, yeah, tell us your, more of your role here uh, at Holy Trinity, the time, the time you've been at Holy Trinity and what that's yeah, yeah. what that's been like.
2: Well, thank you. Thanks for that question. And hello, everyone. It is a pleasure to join you. Mm-hmm. And I'm honored to be here talking with Trip. Um so my, my title, I got to pick my title all and right. it's uh clergy director of, or clergy associate for Christian formation, yeah. because that term Christian formation for me seemed to tie together all the things that I oversee mm-hmm. that I'm involved with in some yeah. capacity um, as an ordained person here on yeah. staff. And, um, and for me, that is my passion. How is Christ being formed in us? Mm-hmm. And, um, uh how how do we work with the Holy Spirit, cooperate, because it's his work, not ours, but we, our cooperation <laughs> is essential. Right. Um, and what gets in the way
1: mm-hmm.
2: and where are we stuck? So um so when it comes to pastoral care, um, you know, uh, suffering actually is an opportunity mm-hmm. for growth in, in Christ likeness. Mm-hmm. And um and it's important to understand these things that God will use these things we would rather hide from or, or keep from other people for, for great glory for, for him and also for great progress and growth in, in ourselves. Mm. So, And I've been here on staff since 2014, but I've been around um, uh, worshiping here since 2005, in and out. So um, it's been a joy to be a part of this church. Awesome.
0: Yeah, well, it's been awesome to work alongside you and learn from you. And so um, I'm delighted to, to
2: work with you. Yeah.
0: Have this conversation some more curious, um, just to get to know you a little bit more during this Christmas season. Uh, Claudia, what is your favorite Christmas movie? <laughs> Do you have one? Uh, and I don't know, is it your a classic or a newer one? Or yeah, what's what would be one of those favorites for you?
2: Generally, generally with me, it's it's always going to be classic. Yeah. Uh, um, so uh, it's a wonderful life. You yeah. Know? And, and I'm sure that's just about everybody's One favorite movie. Yeah. Um, and I was introduced to it when I was in college. So I hadn't encountered it before. And I was just mesmerized when I was watching it for mm-hmm. the first time. And. Um, there's just there. There's so many Christian themes yep. throughout that, mm-hmm. not the least of which is reconciliation. Mm-hmm. And I just love the way that happens. And and also we can see Christ formation going on through oh, through difficulty. So totally. um, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I love that, and it's one of my favorites as well. I uh, I always so growing up, we always watched this wonderful life on Christmas Eve. So I, I feel like I ah, it's a, a I've tried tradition. to like keep it don't watch it until Christmas Eve. I just feel like it's the way the movie ends, you know, just kind of ends right on that kind of note of like, ah, now I'm excited for Christmas day tomorrow, you know? So I've tried to always watch It's a Wonderful Life on the 24th. I love that. (laughs) Um, I mean, I I must say like every year, every time this year, I uh, rewatch the trilogy of Lord of the Rings. (laughs) The, The movies originally came out in december so ah, some people consider it kind of like well. a christmas movie so uh it's and this
2: is peter jackson
0: peter jackson okay of course good. yeah not uh the cartoon ralph Bashke or whatever yeah, back yeah, in the day <laughs> yeah. um, but no i uh so you know just got to throw that in there <laughs> somehow some way but yeah so excited to have you um and grateful for you to be able to join us today um, just to recap a little bit, catch us up to speed, provide some context before we dive into some things. You know, if the listener is just listening to this one for the first time and hasn't listened to the previous two, uh, we're going through the Colics of Advent again, and we're you know walking through the Advent season. And Advent historically and properly is understood as the advent of God in the flesh and in the incarnation. That is what we're ultimately leading up to in the feast of the Nativity on Christmas Day on the twenty fifth of that baby in the manger being God among us as Emmanuel. But what Advent also does is it it helps us reflect on other advents of God throughout history and, and the coming history. So you've got, yes, the first Advent, but then the second Advent of Christ and our hope for his return. And what I walked through in previous podcasts was just this prospect of, well, there's Advent's happening throughout all of scripture and is something a few different theologians throughout time have noticed uh, not least being uh fleming rutledge she's really helped me think about some of this stuff and also this bishop uh, john Prito back in the day <laughs> but uh there's the prospect of yes advent of god in the flesh but advent of god in our hearts through the means of word and sacrament That's something we talked about last week with caleb today we're now shifting towards so those first two things are both past and present. You know, you've got the past event of the incarnation, our past lives or whatever. And then you've got the present moment of, you know, we can ongoingly experience this in the present day through means of God's word and sacrament. Now we turn the page to the future of God's advents, if you will, of both the advent at the hour of our death and the advent at the day of universal judgment, Done. 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 And this is the topic now of this third week of the Advent at the hour of death. And the listener may be thinking, what kind of Advent podcast is this? This is not what I was expecting. (laughs) But just to refresh, you know, when we first mentioned that in that first week, you know, Mark, the gospel of Mark talks about watch. Therefore, you do not know when the master of the house comes. You know, there's this kind of Jesus speaks of this readiness for Jesus to return. And then Hebrews 9. Uh, talks about it's appointed for man to die once. And after that comes the judgment. Advent is not to be a fearful, you know, expectation of these things, but it's when the within the context of the present, or sorry, the past, the present, and these future comings of Christ that we start to think about our mortality. Yes. In that very first collect, I don't have the exact language in front of me, but it talks about like. In the time of this mortal life, you know, that we put off the works of darkness, put on the light, you know, this opening of this penitent season of Advent, there's this language of our mortality.
2: Yes, that so Advent we're Advent supposed speaks to know for. what time it is. Yeah, I mean, our, our entire lives as Christians. So, sorry, Dana, no, interrupt, no, but you go absolutely, ahead. and that's yeah. what,
0: you know, Fleming, Rutledge, but also many theologians throughout time, what Advent is doing again is it's, it's our uh it's locating us on a map, yes. you know? And I, I yeah. like Advent thinking of it. It is the Christian new year, right? And you're starting to yeah. refresh yourself. Okay. Who am I in relationship to an eternal God? What is my temporary life in relationship to an eternal timeline, you know? And what Advent is doing is is reorienting us, you know, and yeah. it's reorienting us within this grand narrative that God's weaving together throughout time. So Anyways, that is all shaping us up well to talk through what we're <laughs> talking about today through the the, the colic. Claudia, just before we get in there, how do, you, how do you feel jumping into this daunting topic of sorts?
2: I'm I'm very excited. And just, just to say, back in the day when I was a struggling actress in New York City, mm-hmm. I went to Grace Church in New York and Fleming Rutledge was on staff. Oh my goodness, and, I'm jealous. And <laughs> um, I got to hear her preach and I went to her Bible studies and mm-hmm. it was it was transformative for me, so I just love the fact that um, all these years later, we're we're referring to her, and um, I'm excited for this conversation. and And I also want to say that um, that Advent is something to be sober-minded about, but mm-hmm. not fearful, right? Because judgment is also about God setting things right, mm-hmm. and, uh, I so need that in, in in me, and the world needs that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I I find it a, a sobering and ultimately hopeful thing discussion. Yeah. So I hope that our discussion today will be that.
0: Absolutely. Um, well, Claudia, do you mind just reading this or praying this collect for us, and then we'll make some observations and uh, just point out some things that stand out to us? But do do you mind that?
2: Not at all. And you're going to have to give me a second to find it. Okay. Oh, yeah,
1: there we are. <laughs>
2: okay. Third Sunday of Advent. Yep. Um, O Lord Jesus Christ, you sent your messengers, the prophets, to preach repentance and prepare the way for our salvation. Grant that the ministers and stewards of your mysteries may likewise make ready your way by turning the hearts of the disobedient toward the wisdom of the just, that at your second coming to judge the world, we may be found a people acceptable in your sight. For with the Father and the Holy Spirit, you live and reign one God now and forever. Amen
0: thank you now uh audiobook uh professionals out there. you can't steal Claudia. I know she just sounded amazing as she read through that uh but she's ours, so you can't have her um but yeah, Claudia, thank you for reading that. It's such a beautiful word here. um beautiful prayer. What stands out to you here? Just do a little Inductive Bible study, if you will, as we walk through uh, this. But is there anything, you know, this third Sunday, you know, marching towards the 25th that that sticks out to you, particularly perhaps in relationship to the overarching theme that that we're discussing this week as
1: well?
2: Yes. And um, there's a phrase that jumps out at me as I'm I'm looking at it, what I just read. Um, uh, that at your second coming to judge the world, we may be found to people acceptable in your sight. And that notion of um we've talked about this before of of um our entire lives being lived in advent and that being mindful of our mortality mm-hmm. that um that we will die and that we will meet Jesus as judge again for mm-hmm. me that's a hopeful thing i'm, I'm looking forward to that yeah. uh to be finally set right and the whole world but um but what does it mean to um be found to people acceptable and so so for me advent particularly is that season which which kind of draws to our attention our mortality and are we living mindful of that um so i'd like to say a little bit more about that yeah
0: um, yeah i love that i mean briefly i it reminds me of uh what is it philippians 1 talks about uh let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of christ and when you start to think that way it's like well I'm a 31-year-old man now, but like I start to think of who do I want to be when I'm 50? Who do I want to be when I'm 65? Who do I want to, what kind of grandfather do I want to be? And and what type of person do I want to be on the days of the final days of my life, you know, and what kind of life do I want to look back on? And uh, anytime I've read that Philippians passage has made me think about that. But then when I read this collect and think about this concept and what, what does it look like to be a people acceptable? And. In God's sight, these are these are things that start I start to think about. But yeah, what 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 other things come to mind here?
2: Um, our recent conference that we had here mm-hmm. at Holy Trinity, um, Living and Dying Well, the Gospel Way. And um, in fact, if you go to our website and go to the 60 plus page, um, you'll find a link to the um the conference workbook. And so there's there are all kinds of good things that actually some of those I'd like to pull out right now yeah, and talk awesome. about. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that, um, uh, uh, does Jesus have access to everything in our life? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good check to do at a time like this in mm-hmm. Advent. Um, you know, uh, does he have my 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 uh, credit cards and yeah. my, my bank accounts and debit cards and all that? And does he have my loves? Does he have does he have everything? Mm-hmm. Because that's part of living mindful of our mortality mm-hmm. is 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 giving is is making sure that Jesus is Lord mm-hmm. of our life and not anything else. Right. And if we have things that we're kind of holding to ourselves and that's just our little thing over here, then then he's not Lord of our life.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And um so that's a very good thing to do. To just to to ask yourself that is there anything that I'm withholding from Jesus that mm-hmm. that that I'm not allowing him to be Lord over mm-hmm. um, and direct me instead of me directing him mm-hmm. about whatever it is, um, and then the other thing is to think about um, have you made plans yeah. for your death, mm-hmm. and in fact um, I was delighted and surprised to hear my daughter and son-in-law tell me that they, they already have a will. Mm-hmm. And they're thinking about these things. They're in their late 30s. Yeah. But they have two kids. And, and they're thinking about the fact that they won't always be here. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, God willing, they'll live to an old age. But you know, we all need to think about that. No matter how old or young we are, mm-hmm. have we made Have we thought about, um, our plans? Have we thought about our funeral? Have we, can you go on the, on the website that I just mentioned, you can download our um, funeral service planner and plug in what readings you'd like, what hymns you'd like. That's a very sobering thing to do. Talk it over with your friends. If, if you're just, if you're young and maybe don't have children, um, uh, or, or not married, um, but talk it over with your adult children yeah. if you're older. Yeah. That's a good conversation to have. Um, and can I I have a little yeah. piece to read from, yeah, from the Book of Common Prayer 2019? Um, it says here, it's just before uh, the service for Christian burial. Mm. So it has a few instructions. And the last paragraph says this. The Book of Common Prayer has always admonished Christians to be mindful of their mortality. It is therefore the duty of all Christians as faithful stewards to draw up a last will and testament, making provision for the well-being of their families and not neglecting to leave bequests for the mission of the church so that it can continue. Um, in addition, it's important while in health to provide directions for one's own funeral arrangements, place of burial, and the scripture readings and hymns of the burial liturgy and to make them known to the ministry. Mm-hmm. So that's, again, that doesn't, it isn't just for people who are perhaps in their last third of uh, of life or quarter of life, but it's for everybody, yeah. all adults.
0: Yeah, well, thank you so much for that. And I mean, I, you know, sitting on maybe the, I don't know where the Lord has me in that third <laughs> right now, yeah. but earlier relatively, yes. you know, yeah. the scheme of things. You know, I, when I, I remember that conference, the, the title, Living and Dying Well, you know people my age or those listening might be in their 20s or 30s you know we like to talk about that first half of that equation like living well like mm-hmm. you go to anyone's instagram page like what is it it's always living well it's always what vacation did you just do i mean my, i think my last instagram post was our vacation up to glacier and banff national park which nothing wrong well, with that it I'm was a, it
2: was a great vacation yeah
0: i'm a fan of that yeah this is what you see is like okay what what cars do you have you know what did you get married? Did you get that PhD? Did you get that grad degree? You know, like that's what you have. That's what you put out there, you know, for people to see. But you don't put anything about dying. Well, like, what does that even mean? You know, like, and you, you, we don't really like to think about that. And so we'll we'll get to the will later. We'll get to the conversations about that later. And um, and I mean, I mean, if that makes some sense. But I think also according to you know what you just read, but then scripturally, and then even Advent. Um, it starts to reorient us to say you can't really live well unless you start to think about dying well you know and uh something we used to say to college students was consider two men or two guys uh one is the man coming out of a bar on franklin street in chapel hill and he's surrounded by a group of guys and he's walking out and they say you're the man, Johnny, or whoever he is, <laughs> Edward, uh, you're the man. Like, okay, so talk to me. What's some bullet point things you think of when you think about that guy? He's probably really cool, attractive, athletic. He's able to get girls, all sorts of things. And he's get, he has a lot of friends around him. Like he's That's what you think of when you think of the man on Franklin Street. Second man in that equation is uh, at a funeral service and somebody is given an eulogy and they say, um, Jonathan was a good man. Uh, what are some things you think of with that person? He was probably, he was, he was disciplined. He, he cared for his children. He was devoted to his wife. He was a servant to the community. He, um, humble, humble, you know, there's, you know, there's in, there's a discipline, you know, and there's a a faithfulness, there's a committedness to that person, you know, and you, you just, start to think about like, what type of man do you, do you want to be, you know, like, and sure, like, Hey, it's when you're 18 to 22, like the good man is all, or the man on Franklin street is all you can kind of see, you know, but like,
2: and strive for, I mean, that's, that's the goal, (laughs) right. Rather than the goal of a well disciplined, well-lived life, right. And it's
0: like, man, that's always struck me. It's like, what type of person do I want to be? You know? And, um, I do want to be, I mean, it would be a joy. I mean, I, Tim Keller passed away this year and I was just like, Man, he's a man who lived a manner of life worthy of the gospel of Christ. And if somebody could say that about me, like that's who I wanna be on that day, you know?
2: And your average person on the street wouldn't even know who he is. Yeah,
0: yeah, totally.
2: So, so I mean, he lived it for the Lord. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's that's awesome. And I, I think I've heard also like there are like maybe it was a tweet one time. And, it's not a perfect tweet. It's not inspired, but it's by somebody I respect. It's like there are three days you should always remember in your life. And If you're a married man, <laughs> there, this would include it. But the day of your baptism. Um, so maybe you don't remember that because you were.
2: I, uh, I was right? about a month old. <laughs> yeah. <so. laughs> um, but like what was
0: said over you that day, you know, and the promises and the covenant that you're brought into there, and in the day of your marriage and the vows that you took that day and. Um, the promises you made to one another. And then lastly, interestingly enough, the day of your death, <laughs> which like, well, that seems to come out of nowhere. <laughs> like, why, why would I think about that? You know, we, I don't know where that is. I hope I don't know what that is. Um, but it's just, to, again, it's all this conversation that we're talking about. It's like, you know, past, present, future. Thinking about our mortality, it, it does something to our our present and how we live now. Yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. It, it's
2: it's not about being morbid. Yeah, uh, b- people don't understand that. Um, I can, I think our culture is is uh, both fascinated and intensely fearful of death, it, yeah. and they just don't know what to make of it. And and it isn't it is something um, like uh, another example. Are are you living a life of reconciliation? Mm are there re- relationships that are unreconciled? Mm-hmm. Um, now's the time to do it. Yeah. Not on your deathbed. Um yep. um that would be good too. I mean, if that's the only chance you have, but now is the time of, of of being such a person, a reconciler. Um, are we speaking words of blessing over people? Mm-hmm. Are we intentionally doing that? Mm-hmm. Um and just one more thing if I can throw it in. Yeah. Um yeah. Gil and I say Compline mm-hmm. every night. I love it, and one of the things I love about it is that um, at the end of it, um, there's the song of Simeon, where mm-hmm. um, you know Simeon saw Je- baby Jesus in the temple with his parents when um, he was just a baby. He was um, being circumcised, and um, and he he had been waiting his whole life to see the Savior, mm-hmm. and he realized he had seen him in Jesus, mm-hmm. and he said, "Lord, now your servant uh, can depart in peace." Mm-hmm. And that means die. And and so that's part of the Compline service. It's the end of the day. It's the last one of the day. And it's, you know, thinking it's nighttime, um, darkness. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. It's so all that is, is you know, leading one to think about one's mortality. And that's, and that's a good way to end the day mm-hmm. as you look back on it prayerfully.
1: Mm-hmm. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a, I said it before, but it's the common denominator of the Mm -hmm. human existence you know like we will die (laughs) we are as part of being mortal and it's something people don't like to talk about but it's something that will happen and it's something that glory be to god jesus overcame you know (laughs) it's something that's at the heart of the gospel is this common denominator this chief enemy whatever you want to call it death does not have the
2: last word
0: right it's something that's faced head-on you know it's not avoided and it's right at the heart of our message. But um, one thing I wanted to point out, it's interesting here, uh, of the four colics, this is the one colic that's actually changed from uh, Cranmer's original uh, prayers. And I'm by no means saying we should go back to Cranmer (laughs) by any means, but uh, I'm a fan of his uh, somewhat and I've I've respected him, but I was just looking at a a resource of mine that I've, I've referenced a few different times. But this was Cranmer's original prayer in the 1549 prayer book Um, by the time of 1662, which kind of became the standard uh, prayer book throughout English history. It was changed to what we just read, but this was Cranmer's original prayer book. And listener, I'd I'd compel you to think through some observations to this and Claudia as well, but um, just here it is. Lord, we beseech thee, give ear to our prayers and by thy gracious visitation, lighten the darkness of our heart. By our Lord Jesus Christ, and that's it. <laughs> it's about like the briefest uh collect I think I've ever read. <laughs> you know it's so short um i, I and it's, I don't know exactly what to make of that um I think uh it almost has like a Good Friday holy Saturday aspect to it of just quietness, you know it's not a complicated prayer the The main petition here is give ear to our prayers enlighten the darkness of our heart um, and this is just something I wanted to kind of hone in on for a second like why does Cranmer or the collect talk about the darkness of our heart during an advent season why right. would that be helpful to talk about um, any thoughts to that yes
2: I, I think for for several reasons first of all what comes to mind um, is the passage from Isaiah 9 the mm-hmm. people who walked in darkness yes. have seen a great light mm-hmm. and that's of course, Jesus, yes. that we Christians who look on that, and um but also that I mean the darkness the darkness of our hearts is uh, due to sin, mm-hmm. um our own sin, the sins of others against us, because we re- react to those sins mm-hmm. against us um and also the evil we encounter day to day in wow. our world, all that is is I think part of that at least how i would see it don't i don't know exactly what kramner was thinking but that certainly is a biblical thing Mm -hmm. theme um darkness and light and um so i I, it's 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 important that again during this season of advent that that we're looking at our sin Mm -hmm. that we are looking at who we have not forgiven again this this notion of reconciliation Um, forgiveness is the first step sometimes reconciliation isn't possible but it begins with our forgiveness and and are we holding things against people that adds to that darkness in our heart if we are if there's unforgiveness yeah
0: Um, yeah i love that that's so good and it reminds me of that uh that joy to the world um that little lyric in there the let every heart prepare him room you know it's part of what we're doing in advent Yes. Where there is remaining darkness in our hearts, you know, that hasn't been that we're covering from the light of Christ, you know. Um we're we're not allowing, you know, Christ to uh for us to prepare room for Christ to take up in our own hearts. So um I love that. And then just this little prayer here to lighten the darkness of our heart. It reminds me of uh Psalm eighteen. That's kind of where it gets the um the context for this, but just reading some of the verses before that is quoted the psalmist just says with the merciful you show yourself merciful with the blameless man you show yourself blameless with the purified you show yourself pure with the crooked you show yourself you make yourself seem torturous you for you save a humble people but the haughty eyes you bring down for it is you who light my lamp the Lord my God lightens my darkness Mm -hmm. Um, so the the prayer Cramer here is it's like a hyperlink back to this yes. psalm of like yes. this this humble message of um, God being merciful, but also not um, denying you know the crooked that He will have justice towards. But it's a it's a humility that the Lord is after, and that He's um, here to to lighten those darkness. Um, turning a little bit into some practicals and yeah. meeting people where they might be. You know, one of the things I like about this third sunday is it just acknowledges a reality like, mm-hmm. like you were talking about it's almost it makes me grateful like in scripture there's ecclesiastes or there's lamentations that like yeah. i'm grateful like the bible acknowledges that like life is hard sometimes and we can't totally explain it and there's a realities under the sun that are very frustrating and like shepherding the wind and trying to grasp after vapor that just seem meaningless and um i'm grateful that scripture has stuff like that in there and i'm in a similar way i'm grateful that advent isn't just about hope joy love peace <laughs> it is those things but it is about a realism of some things you know and i'm grateful yes. that it at least speaks to that so i know that christmas can be a dark season for some it can be lonely and just even the nature of at least living in north carolina it gets darker and colder as the days go on and um, everybody likes to put on a face and put up the lights around the house. Um, but a lot of it, especially in Bible Belt or the Western world, can be a facade, you know, or it just be a cultural right. expectation. So right. everything's
1: um, perfect. Right. Yes. And so,
0: yeah, just acknowledging that like Christmas can be a dark season for some. You know, how might considering hope in the light of darkness encourage us during this season?
2: yeah i think there are actually some things we can do to be be thoughtful about people around us because you know during this time between now and christmas which which we call advent mm-hmm. um there's so much pressure um there's a pressure at work for people who have uh, end of year expectations to meet and um pressure about getting ready for christmas and um again that which is not part of christmas but which we put on ourselves and i think in the midst of all that if we can ask the lord lord how can i bring your light mm. into someone's darkness today i think that's a really good way to start each and every day of advent how can i do that mm. and and who might need just someone to come alongside them and spend some time the greatest gift i think we can give people especially during this time is is time mm. And and just ask them about themselves. And and like with the question you started with, ask them to talk about any tradition that yeah. they had growing up. Ask them, you know, to because for people, particularly if people are older and elderly, um, all they have right now is is the past to think on. The the, the future is very short and and to be able to give an an opportunity to talk about their past in a way that where we listen, yeah, um, that's that giving that gift is very important.
1: Yeah,
0: time and and presence. Yeah, you know, that's that really is like incarnational, if you will. You yeah. know, it's yes. uh, being in the same physical space. You know, looking at somebody in the eye and you know having actual conversation with them. Uh, yeah, that's a real beautiful thing in this time. And um, while yes, somebody may have the lights up outside and uh, have everything together like inside that might be a lot more lonely than you realize, you know, and everyone is fighting through some of that darkness, but you have the opportunity to give Christ's word to them or be that light in the darkness, you know? So, um, just so a beautiful thing about the, the encouragement of the body that we can be to one another during this time, you mm-hmm. know, and I'm curious your thoughts on this. I mean, it's something I consider during this time, you know, you think about an advent wreath and there is the, all those things like hope love joy etc um you know i don't know if this is exactly the way we should be thinking about it, but hope in a lot of ways is the shadow side of death and mortality you know uh, it's um there isn't hope unless there's darkness to contrast that hope right, right. uh i think uh into right i heard him talk one time about how like um Doubt to faith is a bit like love and grief, where like, uh, you know, you can't really have love of something unless there's the shadow side of grief. He had like a student one time, I think, who had just lost her dad and she didn't want to go to the funeral because she was afraid she would cry or be sad. And he was like, of course you'll cry, like, because you loved your dad. Like to not grieve is to not acknowledge that you loved him, you know? And in a sense, like faith is kind of that to doubt, you know, doubt stands on the other side of our faith, but it's faith that breaks through that, that makes faith really faith. you know. So in a lot of ways,
2: it's not denying doubt.
0: Right. Right. And hope is that to death and darkness or, and all of its, you know, friends and cousins you know that surround us sickness and pain and other things it's hope that breaks through that that makes hope really hope you know i know i mentioned tolkien a little bit earlier but mm-hmm. i can't help myself and interestingly fleming rutledge was a bit of a tolkien scholar herself so i'm just echoing her here but tolkien he coined this term called uh you catastrophe uh and you catastrophe is just there's that uh prefix there of you like in euphemism but you, you catastrophe is the the good catastrophe it's the it's the turn of the story um from utter catastrophe um that is that kind of breath of hope it's the what Tolkien would call is the hope unlooked for it's kind of at the the, at the bottom of everything it seems like everything's to despair. So the example in the books is always uh Frodo destroys the ring and the mountain is collapsing on them and it seems like everything's over and Sam says to Frodo, you know, I'm glad you're here with me Mr. Frodo here at the end of all things and then at the last second the eagles you know you see the eagles fly in and they they rescue them. The eagles are always kind of this like oh, breath of hope to something yeah. new and creative and and life-giving. It's not the end of the story but it's kind of this like oh, this doesn't have the final say like there's there's more to this you know and for tolkien interestingly enough he would always say the incarnation is the eucatastrophe of human history that at just the right time you know christ was born of a woman you know and there's this like this breath of hope to human history that death doesn't have the final say that darkness doesn't win That the light does shine in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it and then he would say that the, the resurrection is the eucatastrophe of the story of christ uh so you know i just i love that and it's always spoke to me and it's it's speaking to me now just like um when we think about our mortality we don't do it just to dwell on that but the the light that breaks through that you know the hope that breaks through that you know and it makes hope really hope um so Anyways, I, I'm sorry I nerded out on you there. <laughs> That's
2: all right. Tolkien, but
0: just is am I is that tracking? Is that yes, Is that yes. theologically true? <laughs> or, yes, yeah. yes,
2: And and it's the sense of um, we are living in the darkness. But if we see only darkness, we're going to be cynical and disillusioned mm-hmm. all our life. And here I'm quoting uh, 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 Fleming because yep. I remember 40 years ago a sermon mm-hmm. she she preached on that. Um, and we have to have to. Expect that hope and actually kind of see it on the horizon coming toward us mm. in the sense of, and, and it's that kind of double vision and being able to acknowledge the darkness, but also to live, expecting that hope, expecting those eagles to come in.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, uh, of knowing that Christ can redeem anything. Mm. And um, again, that we will all die. Um, and there are awful things that happen in the world. Mm -hmm. uh but we as christians are called to see both things Mm -hmm. at once um and and to live our lives with that expectancy with that hopefulness Mm -hmm. as we acknowledge the darkness that's that's a it's you know it's a it's a kind of a uh a narrow path that we walk and um but it's important to stay on it yeah and to remind ourselves
1: i love that
0: I, i just love how the depth of the christian message here like it and I sometimes this is misrepresented. It's not a cheap hope, you know, like it's, it's a hope that like recognizes, no, like there's a lot of really bad things that can happen in this life and a lot of terrible tragedies and pain and envy and, uh, harsh words and all sorts of things. But it's, I think sometimes the skeptical argument is like, oh, Christians are just, you know, hopeful romantics, like, or something like that. But I think the most rich Christian tradition, think of somebody like a Dostoevsky or somebody like, man, the dude like saw the darkness, like very, very, very mindful of how bad humans can be to one another. And that's like Good Friday is that, you know, it's how awful and cruel humans can be to one another, but still there's hope behind that, you know, and there's life behind that. I just, I love that about The depth of the gospel here and the depth of Advent, you know, that like in, you know, this teenage girl, like confused, you know, in uh, this um, nowheresville in Israel, (laughs) there's this baby born, you know, that like there's uh, mystery and beauty and the divine in the ordinary, you know, and this is really cool. Yeah, that
2: no one took note of yeah. at the time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And and also this this notion of um uh the Christians Christians we're called to be joyful, not happy. And there's a difference between the two. Yep. And and the joyful I mean Paul writes about joy, rejoice always, he says, on several occasions and one of which he was in prison writing this mm-hmm. so he wasn't happy mm-hmm. he wasn't delusional about his circumstances right he was joyful mm-hmm. because he knew the joy of the lord and that the lord was his strength mm-hmm. and that um and that's what mattered about his life mm-hmm. that that he would he would see that and hold on to that and live his life mm-hmm. no matter what was around him
0: mm-hmm. so. love that Well, Claudia, this has been really helpful and encouraging for me. Uh, I'm curious, we did this with Caleb as well, but, you know, do you have any just pastoral takeaways? You know, we're now in the third week of Advent or preparing for it. Like, so it's kind of the second half of the Christmas season. People are getting their gifts at the last minute or, uh, you know, doing their last little family get togethers and stuff like that. So it may feel like, Oh, well, it's kind of passing me by, you know, but, what are maybe some pastoral takeaways or some practical things maybe people could be doing or considering over the next two weeks or so?
2: Yeah. I think maybe do a, a, a check and say, what really matters, Lord? Yeah. You tell me. Yeah. I've been deciding. For, I, I, I don't want to put that on anyone, but I yeah. know me that yeah. I've, I've been going through things. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to stop, take, take a check here. And you tell me what really matters. What do I really need to be doing right now? And it's never too late to ask that question in the season of Advent. Ask it on on December 23rd. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't beat yourself up if, if you hadn't asked it before and you find that you've been kind of holding the reins very tightly. Um, it, 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 don't look back, look up and look forward. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would say um, in particular. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Good deal. Um, you know, you mentioned earlier just checking in on people or
1: you
2: know yeah.
0: maybe even relatives or other thing. anything yeah. more you can say to that or like how yeah, what does you know, that look like you know
2: if you know that someone's perhaps lost a spouse or even a child in the past year i mean this is going to be their first christmas
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, without their loved one um check in on them and don't and don't ask you know the usual question how you doing right just come say can i come over and just hang out with you mm-hmm. and just again it's the gift of time mm-hmm. um and and invite them to say anything they want or nothing at all or 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 let them decide what you'd like what you, that what they would like to do with you um mm-hmm. uh, that's that would be a real gift mm-hmm. how can i help you yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: i love that i mean i i've been considering a lot as i get older um and my family gets older um I think I heard somebody say one time, like you can really know somebody's character by how they treat their aging parents, you know? Um, and uh, especially around these holiday seasons. And I know people may have complicated relationships yes. or people live far Absolutely. away, but you know, there's, you know, if you have the ability to go see that grandparent who I I'll say, I, I have a grandfather right now who is deaf and can't really talk and, it's sad. He's lost a lot of ability to be his normal self that I grew up with, but like, Hey, yeah, I'm going to go over there and we're not going to be able to really talk about anything (laughs) because he can't hear me. Uh, But like, it's important for me to go see him, you know? And uh, it's something that's being built into your character. That's when we talk about like living and dying. Well, like what type of person do you want to be? And I want to be the type of man who, you know my kids see me going to see their, their grandparents mm-hmm. and uh i think this that can get lost on people during this season in the midst of parties and the rush of everything but something about that just helps us slow down and just keep not only our mortality in mind but what you mentioned like what it's what is what it's really all about and what is what life's really all about right. you know reorienting ourselves in that way so
2: and yeah. doing something like that also is a way of addressing uh fear of death because when we're with someone who's lost their their some of their faculties, mm-hmm. it's just a reminder of where we're headed, and to, and it's a very vulnerable um, situation to be in. And to enter into that someone else's vulnerability and difficulty, that's it's very sobering, mm-hmm. and it's very important that mm-hmm. we do that on a regular basis.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, one last. Um, thought, you know, and not to put you too much on the spot, but there there may be somebody <laughs> listening to this who is might be very aware of their mortality in this season. Maybe they got a recent diagnosis or uh, maybe they had a family member who had a recent diagnosis and so it's a scary time or it's a worrisome time and hope seems like a distant thought. You know, is there, I don't know to put you on the, the spot here, but uh, yeah, any just pastoral word of comfort you would give to somebody who might be in that place?
2: Yes, I I would say Jesus understands your suffering. Mm -hmm. Um, Suffering was part of his vocation on our behalf. And um, he, invite him to enter that with you. Mm -hmm. And you will find his presence Mm -hmm. uh, a great comfort. Mm -hmm. And he can also speak to you of hope. Mm -hmm. Because this is not who you are you're suffering right now um it is a, a reality that he understands and will help you walk through mm. but he will also remind you of your true identity in him, mm. and that's important so let him in mm. to that whatever you're experiencing right now
0: that's amazing thank you for that And i mean i just reminded of that a little phrase there in cranmer's prayer but it's by your gracious visitation that we we can pray for him to lighten our darkness so there's there really is something about the baby you know and this teenage woman that's born on that day who we see i think i preached recently it's not god surrendering his divinity but clarifying it you know
1: it's mm. it's uh oh, it's like
0: that. seeing god for who he truly is and that he enters in and that he like you said He he knows it's not a a distant sympathy but it's a very present empathy you know that we see in yes. that child and yes. uh, there's both there's a uh, there's think there's grief but also faith or love happening there there's hope and death and there's uh um love uh, ultimately we see in, in him as well so claudia thank you so much for this time i uh i know for myself it was encouraging
2: you're welcome. Um, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, this has been absolutely. so much fun.
0: Yeah, and you audiobook people, you can't have her. She's all ours. Uh, <laughs> Claudia, do you mind, I may have to pull it up here again, but do you mind just closing us by reading through the collect one more time?
2: Um, not at all. Let me let me see if I can find it. I had it on one of my handouts. There it is.
0: Yeah, I would read it, but goodness, you just you read a lot better. Than You're that. very
2: nice. <laughs> Um, Let us pray. Oh, Lord Jesus Christ. You sent your messengers, the prophets, to preach repentance and prepare the way for our salvation. Grant that the ministers and stewards of your mercies may likewise make ready your way by turning the hearts of the disobedient toward the wisdom of the just, that at your second coming to judge the world, we may be found a people acceptable in your sight. For with the Father and the Holy Spirit, you live and reign, one God,